Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello, and welcome to Episode 10 of the Travel Tidbits Podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. This week, we're excited to have our resident male of our Pineapple Escapes team, Ben Arnold, join us on the podcast. So at this point, Ben is our only guy who is a travel agent for us. And if you look at our website, it's very pink. And I'm sure that that has to be frustrating at times for him. So if you're looking to join an agency, I'm sure Ben would like some other male species around to kind of combat all of the girl talk and all the women that are in our agency. But Ben actually joined our agency in February. It was right before COVID. And obviously, that was bad timing for coming on to an agency and becoming a travel agent. But Ben is one of the two agents that I hired from a posting on LinkedIn. I had posted a job posting on LinkedIn and hired Ben and Samantha from that posting. And I kind of one of those people that kind of goes with my gut. And when I read through all of Ben's experience, I knew that he would be a great fit. He has tons of international travel experience and has traveled all over the world. And that is a great asset to us whenever we're looking for some advice or input on an international trip. Ben's always there to help. So Ben, go ahead and introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about your journey to become an agent. Yes. Thanks, Jamie. So my full name is actually Scott Benjamin Arnold. I go by my middle name, Ben, because my dad's name is also Scott. So growing up, we needed to distinguish the difference. So my dad was Scott and I was Ben. I'm from the Philadelphia area. I lived in Philadelphia for college. And then a couple years after college, I met my wife in college. So we lived together in Philadelphia for a couple years thereafter. I grew up in a little town called Doylestown. That's probably on the map for some people, not everyone, but it's about an hour outside of Philadelphia. And you're probably curious as to why a person from Philadelphia would be wearing a New York Knicks sweatshirt. (laughs) My dad's from New York, so I like all the New York sports teams. So I like Yankees, Knicks, Rangers, Giants. So across the board, I'm all New York and I'm a huge sports fan. Go Cubs. So of course, (laughs) oh yeah, I respect the Cubs. I respect the Cubs. I like the Cubs. But so being the only guy on the team though, I would think that there wouldn't be a lot of people that are into sports, but there's some gals from the Chicago, Illinois area and they're in their other sports over there. So that's good for me. In terms of my primary job, I work in healthcare sales. So naturally, I was really excited to do this podcast and voice my opinions and my input on travel. And so why did I become a travel agent? I mean, I had been asked for advice and recommendations from so many people, whether it be friends or family. And I was like, you know what, why don't I give this a try? So I was looking on LinkedIn and I saw Pineapple Escapes. And I was pretty much applying to anywhere that was looking for a part-time travel agent. And I got in touch with Jamie. I told her about my past in terms of travel. And it was a good fit. And unfortunately, I haven't really been able to do much with my role currently because of obviously the situation that's going on. Every region was affected differently by this, both not only physically, but also politically. So the political environment is very different where you live. And in the Philadelphia area, we're pretty stringent and strict right now. But in terms of travel, so I've been to three different continents. I've obviously traveled within North America. I've been to plenty of places in the United States. I've been to Europe multiple times. And I've also been to specifically Brazil and South America multiple times. 
just to highlight my favorite places. So in the United States, I love to go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina. That's my beach spot. It's my home away from home. I love it there. I love to go to Las Vegas and San Diego out west. And then New York City is probably my favorite city. Philadelphia is a great city to live near. But in my opinion, New York City is the greatest city in the world. And they call it the greatest city for a reason. And then in Europe, I've been to a lot of countries in Europe. But probably my favorite place, and I know Jamie's been all over Europe as well. I've been to some of the places she's been to, but my favorite place is London. Just like New York, it's just a big city. There's so much to do. There's endless diversity, endless culture. I love to soak it all up. But probably my favorite trip to Europe was Jamie's done this as well as we went over to Europe to go see the Christmas markets in Austria and Germany. So that was really cool. And then finally, my favorite international destination has to be Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. My wife was a teacher there for three months. That kind of sparked our interest in not only the the city, but the area around the city and the culture. And we made friends while we were there. So we keep in touch with them. They come to visit us. We go to visit them. So it's definitely my home outside the country. I love it there so much. Some of your pictures from there are amazing. Yes, yes. I mean, I would say... I'm not sure. Have you been to Cape Town? Yes. Jamie? Okay. So, you know, Cape Town, that's another very picturesque destination. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not obviously not the same thing, different cultures, different continents, different countries, but just in terms of scenery and the same feel. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how many places in the world can you look out on a beach and then look behind you and see mountains filled with a rainforest jungle? Yeah. And then, I mean, the landscape is just spectacular. And then the food, the people, I love it. That's awesome. That's definitely on my short list. So as we jump into more of our international travel talk, I'm sure we'll get into some more of that. So I wanted to jump into our slice of life section. So for your full-time job, are you still working from home? And I know Jill's a teacher. Is she teaching virtually? How's all that going for you guys? Yep. So I'm working from home full-time. Actually, Right when the first cases were introduced in New York City, our company pulled the plug, even though we were in Philadelphia right away, being a healthcare company, there's a round table of doctors that we have on our executive board and they determined, you know, it'd be best to work from home. And and really it's for the best. I mean, regardless of how you feel about the situation, we have the capability to do our jobs from home the same as if we were to go into the office. So there's really no reason for us to go into the office aside from the human interaction. But obviously the technology has made it a lot easier. My wife, she's a school teacher. And we actually have other teachers on our team as well. So I feel everybody's pain involved in education, including parents who have kids at home, having to help. But my wife, she's in school every day, wearing a mask, taking all the necessary precautions. She misses normal teaching. She misses normal life in terms of teaching students. She's a special education teacher. So she puts her heart and soul in the way that she's working her tail off. But like I said, you know, with this vaccination news, hopefully that's good signs for both travel and the education. I think those are two of the most important things in my life because I want to travel. And then my wife is an educator. I want her to feel safe and be comfortable and get back to actually educating her kids. Yeah. How about your family? Well, my kids are still virtual. They've been virtual since October and they do a great job with it. I mean, they're pretty self-sufficient and I'm working from home. I've worked from home since Bo was a baby. So that's not really any different. They're used to me working from home. And then Mike is at the office by himself. All of his employees are working from home, but Mike has to be in the office. So we've kind of got a little, I mean, it's a little different situation where we live. I think things are a little bit more open, but Illinois is pretty strict as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have any indoor dining, no bars, any of that. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of our schools are shut down and that means a lot for our teachers. But 
I know our other agent, Jenny, I recorded with her a few days ago for one of our episodes, and they are actually in school, but it's a hybrid model. She's probably three hours south of me. So it's funny how even within the same state, we're seeing differences in protocols and how things are being handled. But I I think it has been a hard year for all of our industries. Healthcare has been hit. Teaching's been hit. Travel's been hit. It's just been a year that I could have never anticipated. So let's jump into our at the core. Basically, we're going to talk about international travel and COVID. So Ben, you've told us a little bit about some of your favorite international trips, but let's go into that a little bit more. Have you been able to travel internationally this year? And if so, where to? And if not, what is stopping you? What's happening there? And give us some background there. So with my wife being a teacher, we're obviously really restricted in terms of when we can go away, specifically internationally, because anytime you go internationally, you definitely want to be there for at least like five days to a week at the very least. And she can't really get that time off during the school year. So we look to travel mostly during the summer. And obviously during the summer, when we were supposed to go to Europe during the summer, we were going to hit Amsterdam, Netherlands, London, UK, Lisbon, Portugal. And then we were going to do a week self-drive in Ireland. So yeah, it's postponed until this summer with the vaccine news coming out. We're pretty optimistic that we'll be able to go. So we're looking forward to that. But I did not go anywhere internationally this year just because one, my wife's an educator, so that's a hurdle in itself. But also the fact that dealing with the headache of making sure you have a test before you go. And then a lot of places, that wasn't even an option. You had to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. So we just stuck to some local trips. And then we did fly a couple of places in the United States. But specifically internationally, I already gave you a little bit of a background. Rio's above and beyond my favorite place. I'm just going to name off a couple of things of the reasons why it's such a spectacular place. The beaches are so natural and so beautiful. White sand, blue water all year round, swimming all year round. The people are so nice. In terms of the US dollar, the exchange rate is very on our side there. So if you're looking to sit on the beach in Rio de Janeiro for the entire day, you get an umbrella, two chairs, let's say you get a couple drinks and then a meal out of it, you're looking at about 30 bucks for the whole day. So that's like in our favor. So that's great. The people are so nice, so considerate, so polite. It's funny here in the United States, I went to college in a city took public transportation so many times. When you're on the, sitting on the subway, it's typical for you to find the seat that's furthest away from the person next to you. I mean, sometimes you got a crowd and stuff like that. Where in Brazil, it's within their culture, they'll actually go and sit right next to you on a bus or a subway, and they'll try and talk to you or at least be friendly to you and say hi. It's just their culture. But bringing up public transportation in Brazil and things like that, there's a lot of, I guess, negative things around going to Brazil and South America and places in Africa in regards to safety. I'll just advise this. A lot of people who are in the travel have been to the major cities in the United States. It's really no different. You just need to have common sense. Like You're not going to go walking around certain parts of American cities at 2.30 in the morning, just as you wouldn't do so in Rio de Janeiro. During the day, you're fine. As long as you stick to the safer parts of the city, just as you stick to the safer parts of our American cities, you're fine. And final point I want to make about Brazil is that it's a huge country. So I've only been to Rio de Janeiro. I've only been to the beaches and mountain areas around the city of Rio de Janeiro. But Brazil is similar to the United States where it's vastly different culture in the northern part of Brazil as opposed to the southern part of Brazil. 
different landscapes in the western part of Brazil versus the coastline of Brazil. Different food, different kinds of people. So it's very diverse. And the next trip we go to Brazil, I think we're going to diversify a little bit and go to other places. But I've spent a lot of time on Brazil. I just want to go into my Europe experience a little bit. So I actually did a travel study. And I guess you could say, did I live in London for like three weeks? <laughs> I don't even know if I, you could say you live there. But I visited London for three weeks in a travel study. And it was a wonderful experience. I just love big cities. There's a lot to do. Great sightseeing, history. Nowadays, London in the UK has a bad rep for the food. I remember the term back in the day was like, bring the salt and pepper when you go. But that has changed completely. If it ever was true, you can have any cuisine from anywhere in the world in London. It is truly a world city, London, all types of people. It's wonderful. And then I'm also, with me being a sports fan, I've been to London multiple times for soccer matches. So that's been wonderful. And then in terms of continental Europe, I've pretty much been to most of the main continental European countries, France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Spain, Portugal. Honestly, you could talk about it all day. You could say everything's your favorite because it's amazing and everything's so different. I went on a trip when I was in middle school, which was to France, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. I did a Christmas market trip, which was Austria and Germany. And then myself and my two buddies had a soccer-focused trip when we went to Spain and Portugal. And we went to a live match and toured four different stadiums. And obviously took in all the other sites as well. But that was great. How about you, Jamie? It sounds like you've had so many really fun experiences. And I mean, I think that's the beauty of being able to see the world. And like you said, I think there is kind of a negative connotation with Africa travel, South America travel. But when you actually go, it's it's really not any... I mean, yes, the culture is different, but people are not going to intentionally be mean to you or rude to you. I mean, unless you're mean or rude to them, typically. And I found that to be the case. When I first decided we were going to go to Cape Town, I remember telling my husband about it. And he was a little nervous about the situation. And I'm like, really? Like, I was surprised because that's not usually his MO to begin with. but. And then we got there and it was amazing. I mean, it's a British colony, basically. Like everybody speaks English with a cute accent and it was awesome. And just like you've said with Rio, the dollar conversion was amazing. Our family of five could go out to dinner. We could have milkshakes, alcoholic beverages, dessert, the whole shebang. And it was like $35 in US dollars. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we can't do those kind of things here. So it was amazing to be able to have those experiences for such a low overall cost for us. And I think also like it kind of goes along with the whole being scared thing. Like when you go to someplace like this for the first time, you are culture shocked from the time second you get there. You're like, whoa, this is so different. But in terms of your safety, I was never concerned, as I'm sure you were in Cape Town. No, no, we never were. I mean, we we took our three kids with us. So obviously mm-hmm. we were... <laughs> We were not concerned. And we, I mean, you right. you pick the right places to stay. You think about the things you're doing. You use common sense, like you exactly. said. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and we had, it was one of, probably one, I mean, I say every trip's my favorite, like you said, but it's I know, so it's hard. hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but that was truly an amazing trip and just so different from so many other things that we've done. But we've done a lot of international travel as well. I've only traveled once internationally during COVID. I went to St. Lucia with two of the other agents for a right. sandals mm-hmm. trip and we were 
basically on-site at Sandals besides our transfer. So we weren't really exposed to the culture or any of those situations. But we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But a few of my other international trips I just wanted to highlight really quick. All of mine have been with my kids. So traveling with my three kiddos. And the first trip, the first time they went to Europe, the girls were five and Bo was seven. And we did a Disney cruise. And that was a great way to kind of like branch them into it. Right. Because my kids are kind of picky eaters. Anna only eats noodles with butter and Parmesan, which we've actually found all over the world. But it was nice to be on the Disney cruise where we were still getting on the ship at night to eat dinner. And we stayed in London for five nights on the front end of that. And then we visited Iceland, Sweden, Norway, and Denmark on that cruise. And so that was amazing. Uh-huh. It was 14 nights. If I could just stop yeah. you real quick, Jamie. When you're going through these trips... <laughs> Can you tell me like what your favorite part about it was? Sure, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So, right. oh my goodness. But now I have to think about it. But for the Dis- right. <laughs> for the Disney cruise, I think my favorite part was just being able to see so many different places on one trip. We were gone 21 or 22 days, but we saw so much. So we did all of London. We went out and we did the Warner Brothers Harry Potter studio tour. And then we got to visit all the different ports and to be able to see so much in really what was a very short amount of time was probably by far my favorite part of that trip. And it was perfect with kids because we got back on the boat every night during the actual cruise part and it was comfortable. There was a kids club and it was easy in that regard to see a lot with our family. The other trip that I wanted to talk about a little bit was the Christmas market trip. And your pictures, every time you post one of your pictures, I'm like, I've been there too. But yes, the Munich (laughs) one, right? The Munich one was by far my favorite. When I planned the trip, I really didn't think about the Christmas markets. Like I just happened upon great flights and it was over Thanksgiving break for the kids. And I'm like, we're going to do it. And it's exactly what we did. (laughs) Yeah. And it was perfect and so much fun. And that Christmas market in Munich, we came home with all kinds of treasures. So oh, yeah. yeah. And all the little oh, yeah. goodies and drinking the mold wine and the mold cider. And there's just nothing like it's it. It's special. Yeah. If you celebrate Christmas, you can't die without visiting a European market. I mean, <laughs> I agree. it's incredible. I, I agree. And it just totally set the tone for our holiday season last year when we went, because that was mm-hmm. kind of what kicked off the season for us. And Mm. it is. It's unlike anything else. But Mm. besides Munich, I would also call out Garmisch in Germany. And that little town was so cute. We stayed at the cutest Mm. spot and their little Christmas market and light display was really adorable, too. So that would be Mm. one. If I was booking it for a client, I would definitely include Garmisch in there as well. Okay. Is that outside of Munich? Yeah, it's more southern. So we started in Zurich and did a loop. So we did Zurich up through, like we did Neuschwanstein, yeah, gorgeous, and then went up. We did the opposite. Okay. So like if Germany's here, you went to Switzerland over here, we went to Austria over here instead. Okay. So we did Austria to Germany, you did Switzerland to Germany. Yes, yes. And we went through Austria though, we stayed in Innsbruck for one night too, which was Mm. gorgeous too, but... Oh, yeah. It was an amazing little road trip through Europe and it was the perfect Thanksgiving trip and that one was amazing. And then my other big international trip that besides your, I mean, we've done a lot in Europe, but the other one that I really enjoyed was South Africa. We did Cape Town and we did a safari and there's just nothing like a safari. Like 
Yes, I've done Kilimanjaro Safari at Walt Disney World a million times, but it's just... <laughs> I'm sure that was a little bit different. <laughs> I mean, and Disney does a great job, don't get me wrong, and their animals are much better fed. Oh, yeah. We were there during the drought when we went to Cape Town, so a lot oh. of the animals were pretty scrawny, but it was because of the drought, and like even like the savanna was a totally different color than I had in my mind because they had been without oh. rain for so long. Like brown yeah. and yellow, yes. yeah. Where I thought it would be a lot more lush, and it it just wasn't where we were anyway. But it has rained there quite a bit since I was there in 2018. But that was also an amazing trip, and definitely one that I would recommend for anyone looking to travel internationally. And all of these trips that I've talked about have been with my family, with my kids, and my kids right now are 13, 11, and 11. So. They were all younger during these and they hold up really well. And those flights to Cape Town, we were in transit for almost 30 hours on the way there because we missed our connection in Madrid. Oh, <laughs> And then the way home was a good 24 hours. So oh, yeah. it's long flights, but we did it. So, Well, I tell you, your kids are really good age now to go anywhere you want. Yeah. I mean, you know, you take your kids everywhere with you, but now they're like... They're young adults almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can't wait for COVID to really be gone or for all of us to be vaccinated mm -hmm. so that we can go more because we had Machu Picchu planned for this year and that got canceled uh, and rescheduled and rescheduled again. So hopefully we'll mm -hmm. get there next year is the plan. But I think COVID has really impacted. I mean, a lot of countries are not open right now to American citizens. And obviously that has impacted international travel a lot. but. I think that there are some good things coming. I think that the vaccine coming will hopefully be a positive, depending on how all of that works out. And then I think there will be this revenge travel concept. Well, we mm -hmm. talked about that on a different podcast. Nikki and I talked about it. But I do think that people have been in their homes for almost a year now and are ready to travel. And I'm hoping that we'll see some of that revenge travel as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that there are things that are open internationally. St. Lucia's open. Mexico's open. There are other countries that are open with a COVID test. For St. Lucia, I had to have a negative test before I could travel. So there are some options there. And that's one thing that we're pretty good about keeping up with for everyone mm -hmm. is those protocols. So if you reach out and book with one of us, we will help you with all of those details, be it a COVID test or if you need a vaccine or whatever the protocols are. When you're ready to travel, we're here to help you with that. Ben, what are your thoughts for 2021 travel and where are you hoping to go? So not trying to do the hard sell here, but I do get made fun of by my wife, by the way, for how much of a geek I am <laughs> when it comes to international travel, geography, history. I mean, don't get me wrong to future clients out there. I've passed all the Disney trainings. <laughs> I've passed all the universal trainings. I have my certificates from passing. I've done the Disney cruise line, all that stuff. And I can book for you. But uh, my focus is on international travel. I love the world. I want to explore every continent. I want to leave no stone unturned of going anywhere in the world. So in 2021, we basically just are like you with your Machu Picchu. We just postponed our Europe trip from this past summer to next summer. And again, I'm a total geek. Not a lot of people like doing this, but I keep up to date with different embassies around the world to see what they're doing in terms of COVID. I obviously follow the UK very closely, Brazil very closely, the Caribbean very closely. If I want to go to a beach, I don't actually go to Florida. I go to the Caribbean because I love it to go internationally so much. 
But and then also we were supposed to go to Rio for New Year's this year as well, but obviously that got canceled. So we're hoping we're basically just postponing twenty twenty <laughs> to twenty twenty one. So moving. yep. We'll do a big Europe trip, hopefully in the middle of next summer, and then we'll go to Rio for New Year's. And it's right on the beach. They have docks set out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and fireworks are lighting up all over the beach. So that'll be a great experience. I'm trying to go somewhere probably in the spring. If I mean, it depends on how fast this vaccine comes out, you know what I mean? And the requirements abroad. My dad works in science and he works in the medical field as well. So I'm totally okay taking the vaccine if it allows me to travel. But I mean, life's short, but I want to go somewhere. I want to travel. I'm going to take a vaccine if I need to go somewhere. So that's what we're hoping to do. Again, I've been using a lot of this time to scour out my future international destinations. You brought up Cape Town. We really want to do a safari. We really want to go to South Africa, Morocco, Casablanca, and uh, Marrakesh have been two places we really want to go visit in Morocco. And then we want to do maybe a Nile River cruise in Egypt and check out the Great Pyramids and go see Cairo. That would be a great one. And then Again, the nerd in me, they have actually have Japanese baseball tours. So I've been looking into that a little bit. So what you do is over 10 days, you go to like eight Japanese baseball games and you visit all the different towns within Japan. So I figured that would be a good way for me to immerse myself in their culture. But yeah, I mean, how passionate about it I am, I might even do on that trip by myself <laughs> just so I can enjoy it on my own because I don't know who else would want to go with me. And then Australia as well. I've been researching a lot about that. So pretty exotic, pretty far away uh, locations. And ironically, I'm actually a person, Jamie. I actually do not like to fly. <laughs> but I love to travel internationally so long and far, but I do not like to fly. I'm 6'2". Oh. I have a little bit of claustrophobia slash anxiety on planes. But, but it's worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. As you said, I've been on 24-hour benders going to wherever internationally it stinks but it's worth yeah. it no i completely agree i think it's totally worth it and i actually think you'd get along great with my husband he's a nerd in all the same ways you are he loves history he has his master's in history he loves geography he loves all oh, of those nerdy things and so one of our trips that we've been planning is japan um i've been looking at tokyo nice. i was actually thinking i had plotted out maybe the olympics for this year and then that would have been really cool wouldn't that have been amazing and then so we'll see how everything opens up and if is this would this be a kid's trip yeah my kids are all swimmers so i thought that would be amazing to be able to go see the swimming but i kind of had it mapped out and then covid hit and now the olympics were postponed and so we'll see what ends up happening there but that's kind of been on my radar as well but i think my husband would love your Japanese baseball trip. So I might have to yes. get some more info from <laughs> hey, you about that I mean, one. My dad's a big baseball guy and I brought it up to him. He's like, oh, I don't know about that. So maybe Mike will be my <laughs> partner on that one. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I love that idea. So let's go ahead and wrap it up with our crush it section okay. this week, our travel favorite of the week. So I picked a universal travel adapter. This is obviously something that we all need when we're traveling internationally. I picked one that's similar to the one that we have from Amazon. The one that we have is actually an older model. We've had it for probably five or six years now, but I like the ones that are a block like that because they're easy to pack and they have the multiple USB chargers in them, which is great for us with the family. I usually actually pack two of them 
Ben, do you have a specific adapter that you like? Yes, I do. I like the Universal Travel Adapter. It is the Allen one, International Power Adapter. Actually, I have it right here. I have that. I have one very, very similar. And I love it because... So it has EU on it, UK, USA, and Australia. But the cool thing is, is that I can bring this to Brazil. It doesn't have a Brazil connector. So like when it comes out of here like that, it doesn't have Brazil. So I have my own Brazil blocks that I use, but I can plug Brazil outlets in here. I can plug pretty much any outlet into this in the world. So that's helpful as well. But this is my favorite one. My wife and I, we've been using it probably for about since we met. So five years now. Okay. But it's the all-in-one. Okay. Well, you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, we'll put links to both in our show notes for the episode so that you guys can click through those. But I, I do think that those are definitely number one must have for all of international travel. So anyway, to wrap us up today, thanks, Ben, for joining us today and chatting with me about international travel. Hopefully we'll have some more specific international travel episodes as we move forward with all of this. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a review. New episodes of the Travel Tidbits podcast go live each Monday, and we'd love to have you join our community. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Ben. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices. Amplified.